This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be proud of it. No matter what it brings, we will rejoice and be proud of it. I said we will rejoice and be proud of it. If you will with me first I want to say good good morning good morning to my Shiloh family good morning to my bishop in his absence and Lady Watts and the family I thank God for my co-laborers in the ministry I thank thank God for the deacon and the, di the diaconate board I thank you for our psalmist this morning, giving God the glory. And I also thank God for the band. Hallelujah. Now, if you would this morning, open up your books to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms 139, verses 13 through 18. That is the King James Version that I will be reading from Psalms 139, 13 through 18. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works in that my soul knoweth Right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfected, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How precious are, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sands. And when I wake, I am still with thee. Blesses the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would join me as I pray. Lord, hide me behind thy cross. As I stand behind your sacred desk, this is truly your word. I pray, Father God, that may, my, may the words that you've placed in my spirit give light and life to those that hear. Open the ear of the hearer, Lord God. Give wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to those who need. 
Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. The title of my sermon is Not a Mess, a Masterpiece. Not a mess, a masterpiece. So somewhere in 2014, when my grandson was around four, I, and he was sitting in the back seat doing something quietly. Mm, that's right, a little bit too quiet for my liking. <laughs> so I asked him a very simple question that required a very simple yes or no. However, this is my Michael. So I asked Michael, are you making a mess back there? His response was, no, Mimi, I'm not making a mess. I'm making a masterpiece. This response from a four-year-old not only made me chuckle, but it caused me to be speechless at the same time. There's something that, ha that had much weight and, and was weighing on that statement. This was a depth to his response that caused me to stop and think. So what you need to know about Michael is Michael had been diagnosed with ADHD. And then though there, were, there are many degrees of ADHD, Michael was four and untreatable at that age. He was, and still is, intelligent, witty, quirky, and he drove me nuts because he was so busy. So one Sunday I brought Michael, and I brought Michael to church often with me when he was here. We pulled up to the church, we got out the car, and we walked up the incline. Michael broke away from my hands. He loosened the grip. He decided to walk up that grassy incline. And with a smirk on his face, he looked back at me and proceeded to roll down that hill in his brand new khaki pants. I was fit to be tied to say the least. <laughs> it was during that time in his life that I wouldn't allow anybody to speak negatively about him, around him, or to him. See, I had the ability to keep the others, whether adult or child, I was able to keep the other's hands from marring his person. See, I wanted him to be okay with who he was and own his own skin and develop his own creativity. So while I was speaking to Michael about the crayons in my car, Michael was speaking to the crayons in his hand. And while I was speaking to the mess that I potentially thought that was gonna happen in my car, Michael was speaking to the majesty of his mind. 
Here I am nine years later, Michael was 13, and I still cherish the wisdom that was spoken by a four-year-old little boy. It is so too often I see children and adults marred by the other's hands, being marred by the hands of another. We can call it a arrested development, if you will. It's an altered state of good, if you don't mind. I call it the, the Rudolph syndrome. It's synonymous, it's a syndrome that was once only thought to be an affliction of the shiny red-nosed reindeer. See, they were made to feel uncomfortable in their own skin, their own complexities, and their own nuances. If you think about the song and if you think about the animation, we see somebody being pushed off to the side because I don't look like you. We see something that stands out in this reindeer that doesn't fit the mold, and so, what he does is he tries to cover it up and it alters his state of creativity and creation. He can, that reindeer can not only understand his own complexities, he's not even allowed to understand his own nuances. Forced to hold his head down and walk out into the wilderness because I just don't fit the norm, whatever that is. On the contrary, I want to say this. This not only affects the reindeer, but now it affects humans. It is a place of exile and self-uncertainty. The uncertainty of self, past, present, and future. Because it's birthed out of the thoughts and perceptions of somebody else's idea of what you're supposed to be. Exile and uncertainty birthed out of somebody else's thoughts of who I am, how I'm supposed to think, and what I'm supposed to do. Their perception of what I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to sound. So you say, well, so much for you saying. This brings me to the Psalms. The Psalms is, are not just a division of songs, hymns, poetry, and prayers. The Psalms is a literary masterpiece that stands on its own. Oh, it's fashioned in a way that mirrors the Bible as a whole. It's a story of Israel's history and God's covenant to his promised Israelites that have been exiled 
to Babylon. It's a story of the journey past, present, and future. It has a context, a content, and, a, and an imagery that is thought-provoking. And to me, it not only stands toe-to-toe -to -toe above and beyond the, the philosophical writings of Socrates and Plato. It is a poetic psalm that is meant to be read over and over and pondered and pondered and read over and pondered again, and then we start over. This is because this text, this book, these poetic writings invoke thoughts begging to be wrestled with. They beg to challenge your perception of self, your perception of God, and your perception of how God perceives you. Ah, see, what the writer brings about is retrospective to an introspective journey of self-identity. That's thought number one. Retrospective, mm-hmm, to an introspective journey of self-identity. See, because if we go to um, 16, 39 and 16, he says, the writer says, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. And in the book, all my members were written which in continuance will, were fashioned, and yet none, and yet was none of them. You saw my substance, it was yet unformed. I was an embryo. I wasn't even a thought. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> All right? I thought. But yet, in the book, they were all written. You fashioned them. You fashioned the days for me. And when yet there were none. Oh, in this doing so, it's a look back at the creative act of God in a philosophical manner that within its text brings creation to its creator. See, from the creator, the writer also brings back himself to creation. And like I said, this text in the book is deep. But this is God, 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 God. God to man, heaven to earth, and back again. Oh, this is the genesis of a thing. Of the holy writ. It's the holy writ of Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2. But it's also the genesis of man. The Genesis of Man. See, in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning, God created 
the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon it. This is a reflective moment where you are going retrospective of self, retrospective going back to the identity of man. It causes introspection as it causes one to look within himself, to look to the creator while he was yet not formed. If you, if you read the text, and <laughs> the text says that in 16, and it reads, in thine eyes did, past tense, thine eyes did see my substance yet unperfect, yet it wasn't even made. We're going back to the past to bring it to the present. But it was written in the book, what makes it the present and the past become a future. This is the genesis of a thing, of human being, of the earth, and of its understanding. So, which brings me to my second point, it is now relational. For thou hast possessed my reins. You possessed my inner man, my inner self, my thoughts, my mind, my spirit, and everything that encompasses it. It's their secret place. God, you possessed past before I was brought into this earth. You possessed my, my reins. I like that as opposed to kidneys. I just like that. Because it talks about this is the inner, the inner. It's also covered because if bruised, you will be broken. And with that, which brings me to my third point, and probably the last one for the evening, for the morning, um, because there's too much to unpack. It's reflective and it's revolutionary. It is reflective and revolutionary. Because as someone is thinking back, thinking back and, and thinking back on who I am in the relationship that I have with my creator, and he says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made in his image and in his likeness. Precious, precious. 
are your thoughts. Sister Glory, shine bright like a diamond, okay? Precious are his thoughts towards you. Jewels are you that hang upon him that created you. Jewels around God's metaphoric neck is how you drip. And how precious is the smell of you, like sweet perfume, if I am made in, in his image and if I am fearfully Fearfully, with reverence you made me, God. So I internalize that, God. My impressions to you, Lord God. Fearfully. Wonderfully. Wonderfully. The wonders of heaven can't compare to what he has done in me and through me. Wonderfully made am I in the eyes of God. And as I think about the thoughts and how he preserves me, oh my God, there becomes a shaking in my earth. There becomes a revelation and a resolution with inside me because the revelation is what I have of myself. It's not what you said about me. It's not what you thought about me. It's not how you perceive me. It is not even how I act because I am more complex than I know myself. Oh my God. I thank God for the revelation. But I also thank God for the revolution because I'm gonna push forward. I'm gonna put some action to it. I'm gonna think, my God, look what you done and look what you did. But I'm going to tell you something, Lord. I can't wait for what you're going to do. Oh, Lord, I was glad when he said unto me, Oh, my child, I was created for him and him alone. Oh, Lord, he told me I was created not for you, you, or you. But I was created for his works, to do his will. Oh Lord, I am going to finish this, but I am not out of text and I am not out of word. So what I want to tell you right now, you are never a mess in the eyes of God. Oh Lord, you are never, ever, ever a mess in the eyes of God. You are a masterpiece. You are fearfully and wonderfully made walking in the holy boldness of my Lord. Oh, Lord. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for what you have done. And we're going to stand, 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 stand until we see what the end is going to be. Because in you, it is all well. I thank you, I thank you, and I thank you. Have a good day, y'all. Cause that's amen, amen, and amen. Oh Lord, thank you, Lord.
someone that is watching right now you may have thought that you were a mess and you may have thought that whatever messy situation that you in that God can't help you but I beg to differ right now and I invite you to give your life to Christ he is wonderful and he's a master at taking messes and turning them into a masterpiece so I extend an invitation to you this morning. If you don't know Jesus, I invite you to give your life to Christ. You can email us here at Shiloh. The email address is on your screen. Or you can call us and just tell us, I gave my life to Christ. And we want to take this journey and walk with you as you give your life to Jesus Christ. We're here and we want to invite you to be a part of this ministry, a ministry that loves you, a ministry that loves the Lord, and a ministry that want to walk with you on your new journey. God bless you. Oh, come on, saints of God. The God rejoices. They said the angels rejoices even when one soul give their life to Christ. And we believe God even if there's one soul to give their life to Christ. We have entered the part of the service, the one I get most excited about, and that is the giving. Giving of our tithes and our offerings, that is still a part of worship when we give unto a great God that we serve. And I want to thank you all, Shiloh, for your continuous giving of your tithes and offerings that has been a blessing to the body of Christ, that we are able to continue to do kingdom building and I also want to thank those of you who are online that are not members, but you sow into this ministry. We want to bless God for you. In every way that you sow, we believe that you will reap a harvest. We have on your screen, there's three ways that we give here at Shiloh. Through our give up buy, our cash app, or you can mail in your offering. But we want to let you know that we thank God for you. And we are honored honored that you chose this house to sow into and we love you oh come on saints of god let's bless the name of the lord our god on this morning as we had a wonderful service it has been awesome 
And we thank God once again for our band was truly a blessing unto the body of Christ. And before we conclude our service, I just want to ask you to pray first for one another. But I'm also going to ask a special prayer to be lifted up on behalf of Pastor DeLong, his family, and also the Miracle Church, Miracle Temple Church family. May, most of you may have already learned that Pastor DeLong's mother and brother passed away and went home to be with the Lord on the same day. So we want to hold them up and let them know that Shiloh and beyond are lifting them up before the Lord at a time when he needed the most. So I'm going to ask you to continue to pray for them. And please, again, pray for one another and lift up our bishop and our first lady and our first family as we continue to undergird him and their family during this time. That and tell them by your prayers, just it will show how much we really, really love him and really, really love our first family. So while we beginning to close out and while we leave, and I'm just going to ask you once again to pray for one another. I told you on last week that prayer changes things. So I'm going to pray for you. You pray for me. And together, we're going to watch God change things. Oh, I'm going to say that again. I'll pray for you, and you pray, pray for, for me. You. And together, we're going to watch God change things. Yes, and while we get ready to get up out of here, and we're going to go out with a joy. Hallelujah. And I want you right online, begin to clap. And begin to praise our God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Oh, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, while we're right there, I'm just going to close out with a benediction. And as I bless you on this morning, may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the blessings of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies be upon you this day and all whom you love. I pray God's shalom upon you and your families. Oh.